Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Yankees Magazine podcast. I'm Hillary Georgie, and joining me is John Schwartz. Hey there. Who just won Shakespeare in the Park tickets. Congratulations, John. Good day. <laughs> and Nathan Makaborski. Hello. How's it going, guys? Great. How are, you, how are you feeling, John? John has a very big smile on his face right now. I'm feeling very, yeah, I'm feeling very Shakespearean at this moment. <laughs> well, I'm happy for you, John. It's a, it's a great day for you. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a fellow. It's a minute to learn, a lifetime to master. So, <laughs> perfect. Well, continuing the celebration, we just signed off on the July issue of Yankees Magazine. Another one in the books, guys. How do you think it went? It's going to be a great day for our readers when this thing shows up in their mailbox because I don't know Nate I think I, do people generally like Aaron Judge around here or? <laughs> I mean <laughs> if you don't I don't know what, what you're watching because he's uh he's pretty pretty good at baseball he he's quite good at the sport yeah. yes he likes it a lot he likes to play it and um he likes to talk about it too which was nice because I wrote a story about him the yeah. cover story for July he makes for a good story so Tell us a little bit about it, Hillary. How did you how did you approach this cover story for July? Well, Judge, and I mentioned this in the story, is kind of notorious in his interviews for he'll he'll say a lot, but he won't say much, you know? So he'll he'll tell you how much he loves baseball and how much he loves the team and how much he's happy to be contributing to a great team and it's it's because of his teammates that he's as successful as he is. And all of that's really true. That's awesome. But I wanted to just a little bit deeper with Aaron and um, so I approached it a little bit differently so I've known Aaron since 2014 when he was in the minors I think my very first trip down to Trenton I met Aaron and he was in double-a Trenton and we were just like hanging out with Derby the the bat dog down there and even then he was just happy to be playing he was so excited and so from that very moment the first question you asked is like, oh, how do you feel to be playing? He's like, oh, I'm just I'm just so happy to be playing this kid's game, and it's just so much fun. And you ask him that today, and he says the exact same thing. So it's five years later, and he's still saying the same thing. But he's made such an impact in just a year, basically, since the world started watching him at the All-Star game last year. And, and somehow still, he's just the same guy, and he's still happy, and he's still playing this kid's game. And... He's taken on these all these different roles in the clubhouse, and I really wanted to get to the bottom of why and how and, and how his teammates view him and how he views his job as kind of a, a chief fun officer, as they would call uh, Bill Murray down in Charleston. That, that's his title, I think. He, the thing that amazes me about Judge, I mean, well, off the field, because we'll get to on the field where everything is amazing about Judge, but... When you're in the clubhouse, they're the guys who are friendly, they're the guys who are very businesslike, and they're the guys who just like don't want any part of it. And you can understand why and when Judge might trend toward the I don't want any part of it. The fact of the matter is, you know, Didi Gregorius, who's a very good baseball player, will sit at his locker the entire time. Judge can't do that because if he's by his locker, he's going to get blasted by 50 people looking for interviews. That said, when he's walking through, if he's walking near you, he'll put his arm around you and say, hey, how you doing? If you catch him walking, when a lot of guys will just keep walking and ignore you, he'll stop and happily handle a one-on-one situation with you. You know, he is very good at the one-on-one and and, and looking him in the face and as hard as it is because he's so much taller than you and, and talking to you on your level. It's just not easy for someone who maybe isn't that comfortable doing it to every time he wants to go to his locker have 30 people who just want to ask him the same question. And I, I think it's a credit to him that he's both maintained 
a friendliness and a good nature about his way while also in a sense learning how to say no sometimes yeah he's gotten pretty good at being the superstar when you play like that and you put up the numbers he does uh and you play for the New York Yankees, that comes with the territory. The attention just finds you. It's just the nature of the game. Yeah, but he's, like you said, John, he's done a, a really good job of it and is still just the same kind and nice and, and always smiling. And, and, you know, he's a really positive influence on this team. And uh, you, you talk a little bit about that, too, in your story about how he's, you know, kind of sets the tone for the rest of the guys. Right. He is more than anything else and this is what I wanted to get out in the story inclusive of Mm. everybody whether that's the fans whether that's his teammates he wants everybody to be having as much fun as he's having and he's having a lot of fun and he's showing how much fun he's having a lot better this year yes he's smiling a lot he's jumping up and down on the in the dugout when something good happens which is a lot these days he's just this guy who who is easy to like and is hoping that everybody else is comfortable and happy and playing at their best because when everybody's playing their best, it's easier to have fun. And even if you're not playing at your best, there's always going to be a tomorrow. And I think he's really good at, at knowing that too. And at the same time, when Giancarlo hit the walk-off home run against the Mariners, someone tweeted something which was really true, that if you watch the video like, and each time watch a different player on the Yankees during the video, you would see different things that were all amazing. Aaron Judge looked like he had never seen a walk-off home run before in his life. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, you know, he hit 52 home runs last year. He is an incredibly proficient home run hitter. But he just looked like this was like a totally new experience to watch. And look, there is nothing corporate about this roster. This is a very good team. This is a team that I'm sure that, you know, the other 29 fan bases is probably already pretty sick of and is definitely going to be pretty sick of in about two years. But at the same time, like, watching from the inside, like, there is just very little to find about this team that isn't likable and a lot of that starts from the best player on the team he, he takes the lead and whether he he will admit it or not he is the one of the leaders if not like the biggest well he's literally kind of the biggest <laughs> leader in the clubhouse a lot aaron will tell you that cc sabathia and brett gardner are the guys that everybody follows and that's true but if you talk to Glaber Torres and say, who's the leader? He'll say CC for sure. And then he'll be like, but I definitely follow Judge because Judge is always doing the right thing. And like, this is a guy who's, what, four years older than him? Yeah. He's been in the league one year longer than Glaber Torres. And Glaber made it a point to be like, whatever Judge does, that's what I want to do. And then when I was talking to Judge, and you'll hear this later because we'll. I'll play some of the interview for you. Um, Judge was like, oh, I want to do what Glaber does. Are you seeing what this kid is up to? So Judge will always bring it back around to what his teammates are doing and what what is making them comfortable. And then that's part of what I talk about in the story. Judge wants everybody to be comfortable, and that starts with – you know, the music that he's playing and, and, the, and the camaraderie that he's fostering and on the plane rides and in the clubhouse and in the dugout where they're like playing pranks on each other and they're playing video games. And it's all of this just this lightness and this fun. That's really what it boils down to for Aaron. And I think you feel it in the clubhouse. But to get back to the um, CC and Gardner angle, I actually think that as much as anything else, that's also a credit to CC and Gardner for the way that they run the clubhouse. If you do want to say that they're the leaders, it is a room that has space for personality. No, all credit to the Yankees teams of the late 90s and the 2000s, but you know those were very tight clubhouses and everything like that, but they were also very professional clubhouses and very quiet clubhouses. And 
you know, and, and, and they won, and you can't take anything away from them, and, you know, no, I'm not going to knock anything about that group, but it is a different room right now, and CC and Gardner, I think that they thrive off that atmosphere of letting the kids be the kids, and I think the whole team benefits from it too. To go one step further, Hillary, on what you were just saying, you know, to go back to last year, I can't read your story, which is fantastic, and not think about at the Home Run Derby last year, when afterward, you have, you know, all the writers there who are just desperate for this chance to, you know, talk to Aaron Judge, and he's insisting on bringing up Danilo Valiente, his BP pitcher, who, mind you, like, and does not speak English. So he brings him into the press conference, and so you have this chance of, it's late at night, it's Miami, all these writers are, just really want to hear Aaron Judge talk about what he was thinking when he hit the home runner, just get the quote, and he just keeps on saying, you know, Danilo, just put it right on my bat, and Danilo, why don't you, t-? and it, you know, there's just, <laughs> it's charming, it's a little bit frustrating sometimes, but it's just, it's authentic, and you get the sense that's who he is. Like, he is just more comfortable lifting other people up than being the focus. Right, and think about what that meant for Danilo. Of course, that absolutely. is a, the, the high, could be the highlight of Danilo's life, and Aaron would, wanted to make sure that he was enjoying that moment, In and the that's week, the whole point. You know, I think you, one of you guys had mentioned earlier about just the difference between last year and this year, and you watch the games on TV, and you see Aaron Judge out there, and there's just sort of a different, you know, he's he's like, it seems like he's almost trying to suppress the smiles. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, he always, he even wants to be smiling more than he is. Uh, Hillary, when you went to, you know, after you write the story, generally, our next step is to head over to the photography department and start, you know, combing through the photos that they've pulled. What were you kind of looking for during that process? Because, you know, I went and looked at, like, a story, a feature that we had done last year on Aaron Judge, and I feel like you could see the difference there too, in in like the photos that we ran of him last year to the ones that are in your feature in July. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of see that change there. I think the direction I gave our photographers is, give me a happy Judge. Mm-hmm. I want pictures of Judge smiling, and they're like, we've got lots of those, and they <laughs> sent me so many. It was hard to choose because it's just, I, I said I wanted. Judge smiling. I wanted Judge interacting with his teammates. I wanted it to look like he was having a good time because that's what the whole story is about. And they sent me mountains, gigabytes yeah. of, <laughs> of photos. And I was like, that's a lot. I don't but know what to deal with. It's like a different sort of happiness because he wasn't unhappy no, last year. No, no, no. Year, not by was, any means. You know, he was a rookie and he's trying to, you know. He had a lot to prove last year right. and he was serious about it. And I think it, it weighed on him. The amount of pressure that was thrust upon him in a very short amount of time he had this incredible first half everybody wanted a piece of him and I think this is a guy who's who was at that time 25 years old and this is all very new to him and you know he's just he's just playing this game that's all he's like I'm just playing a game I'm just playing a game and everybody wants it to be more than that and I think now after after last year ended and they had that great playoff run and they had so much fun and this team that he's with now they all have been through so much together and they get along so well together I think everybody has just a little bit more of a comfort Mm -hmm. with each other after going through what they went through last year I think it's just a lightness that was absent just a little bit last year he's a little bit lighter a little bit more comfortable He's he's feeling good. His shoulders better because he had shoulder problems last year. Like he's, I think he's just feeling 
better mm -hmm. mentally, physically, all around. I mean, he's also, it should be noted, you did a great job of highlighting this in the story. He is playing exceptionally well. Um, it's impossible standard to match what he did last year. But when you look at what he's doing, like he is as good a player as he was during that remarkable run last year. And you talk about it, he has a maturity to his at-bats right now that is just, I think, remarkable. Because he's still a young kid. He is going to strike out a lot. It is not a bug in his game that he's going to strike out a lot. That's what handling the way pitchers pitch right now, the way fielders field right now, and the way batters are taught to hit with a launch angle, he's going to strike out a lot. That's, Not to mention that, his strike zone is humongous. His strike zone is unfair. He has an unfair strike zone because that humongous strike zone, he still gets low pitches called strikes that are simply unhittable. Mm -hmm. um, but meanwhile, every single at-bat goes to a 3-2 count. Like If you just look at like what he is doing to pitchers when they face him, knowing that beyond the fact that you have Aaron Judge in front of you, like the guy behind him, whether it's Greg Bird or Didi Gregorius or Giancarlo Stanton, it's terrifying what's behind him. Meanwhile, Judge is going to make you throw eight pitches to him, and he's going to give that crazy good hitter in the batter's box eight times to look at what you're throwing. It, it, it's just fascinating to me just how good of a baseball player he continues to be. And one of my favorite things about him as a player is, you know, as you mentioned, he's got a big strike zone and umpires can have a tough time, you know, adjusting from the previous batter to him and, and, and he gets a lot of calls against him. And it, that's nothing new that happened last year. But what's also nothing new is that you never see him act demonstratively toward an umpire. You know, he'll, he'll take a bad third strike call and he'll walk back to the dugout. And I don't know, to me, that's just like, I would have a really hard time being the same way I feel like if I were a ball player. But, I mean, that's something that, to me, just, you know, makes him really appealing. Um, so, Hillary, something that I think our readers are going to find really interesting in here is... Uh, you is the Taylor on... Swift mention? Yeah. <laughs> because that's what, I was, that's what I was hoping you were yeah, going to ask me I mean, here's a second-year <laughs> ball player, and... I mean, to be the kind of, you know, clubhouse DJ that he's become, uh, you know, that's that's a pretty lofty kind of title there. So how did you discover, is this just from, from being around the team and being in the clubhouse every day that you were able to pick up on this? Yeah, so I got the, I got the word, I, got, I heard the scuttlebutt last year that Judge was in control of the music, and he had taken control pretty quickly after he, he came up in, I think, 2016, so for for a very long time, CeCe Sabathia controlled the music in the clubhouse, if and when there was music, which mm. for the last few years, there really wasn't too much music going on. It was It's kind of a quiet place. And then this year, there is always music. There's never really a dull day. And it's always different, and it's always interesting, and it's always fun. And so you always hear what's judge playing today like you'll hear the players like oh, what is this what did judge put on and you're like oh interesting interesting judge is in charge of this and so i really wanted to understand where he was coming from with his choices and kind of needle him a little bit about like why aren't you playing this why aren't you playing what what are you what are you thinking when you when you do this and he's very meticulous oh yeah he, he puts a lot of he thought puts into a this. lot of thought about this and especially like for his own walk-up song he wants to know like he wants he's he he takes a long time to decide a walk-up song i know this because our friends in media relations are always there in charge of getting the walk-up music to the scoreboard and 
one of them will be like, well, I still haven't gotten Judge's walk-up song. He's not decided yet. He's, like, wavering between two choices, and it's, like, two hours before game time. So he's always thinking about this. And he controls... Even what's played during BP, he wants to he wants to know what the levels of the speakers are. Just yesterday or two days ago, I was in the clubhouse and he was like, "Hey, who's in charge of uh, the levels of this the sound system? I think it's not loud enough. It needs to be aggressively loud." And I'm like, "Okay, Aaron. he's he's so serious about it because he thinks, and rightfully so, I, I believe that." The music that's played sets the tone. It, it creates a, an atmosphere of, of comfortability, and and it'll pump people up in certain situations, or it'll soothe them in other situations, and it'll kind of just put you in the right mindset. So he really wants and takes seriously to have a great playlist. I'll tell you what, though, we got a budding problem going on right now because uh, during the Seattle series there was the day game, and in the morning, you know, players were rolling in a little late. There wasn't BP. And Austin Romine rolls in, walks right up to that iPad, <laughs> and turns off James Blunt, and just turned. I think he put on Sublime or something like that, and just walked to his locker and just said that was horrible. And <laughs> you know, look, Austin Romine's been having a good first half, and I think he might be getting a little feeling yeah. that you know, I get, I get to say here too. Um, but you know, those look, I don't want to come to blows with Aaron Judge, but he, you know, there he, as you mentioned in your story, there was the time that Romine took umbrage perhaps at a toto playing <laughs> and you know again i saw with my own eyes the great james blunt incident of 2018 so i don't know just a couple days ago there was like a mix of what i believed to be 2000s high school dance music <laughs> because there was like some usher going on there was some hoobastank in there i was like what are we listening i definitely awkwardly danced to this in eighth grade well you knew who to go to with your complaint <laughs> and i did i went i was like aaron what is this playlist? He's like, what? I think it's cool. I think it's soothing. I was like, I liked the Usher. The rest of it, I don't want to hear, like, again, James Blunt. You're right. I don't want to hear James Blunt, you know? Put something well, else on. You, but it's you, not up to me. It, you it's and Austin Roman. Apparently it's up to us and Roman. We're going to have issues. I mean, you're going to see the clubhouse get torn apart over this stuff. <laughs> the season was going so well. Yeah. I feel like if, uh, you know, what Yankee fan wouldn't want to pick up a story and read about Aaron Judge and being inside the Yankees clubhouse. There's a lot of stuff like this from, you know, you can find out how he feels about Taylor Swift. You can find out about... He's pro, by the way. Pro Taylor Swift. Don't give it all away. Listen, we're all pro Taylor Swift. This is not news. Everybody should be a Taylor Swift fan. You got you got the the pranks going on. It's um, and I feel like this is a like the perfect time to run this story because, you know, it's July. Aaron Judge is going to be an all star. He's going to become you know be in the in the national spotlight once again here in a couple weeks. More more likely than not, and uh, you know this is like just a really good intimate look at like this team and his role on it. And uh, you know it's fun. Uh, I think. You know, people are going to come away reading this just saying, wow, that was really cool. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate that. Uh, So stick around. You can hear from Mr. Aaron Judge as... uh, DJ99. Who who made that edit, Nate? Did you make that edit? (laughs) DJ99, you you named him? You like that moniker? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you can hear some of my interview with Aaron coming right up. So stick around. (laughs) 
for the July cover story, I really wanted to give fans a look at who Aaron Judge is away from the field and let them see the type of person and teammate he is. So Aaron and I sat down in the dugout before a game, which means you'll hear a lot of the pregame sounds like planes flying overhead and the sound system kicking on. But we sat down and we chatted about everything that makes Aaron who he is when he's not playing. The music he listens to, the games he plays, the way he messes around with the teammates. I think in this conversation, you'll really get a feel for who Aaron is. And who he is is simply a nice, fun-loving guy who's happy to be living his dream. Here's some of our conversation. The team is very loose. You all kind of like keep things light, keep things fun. Why is that important? Well, it's, this, this sport and this job is hard to make, yeah. you know, and the, these guys all understand it. I think the, the biggest thing is I'm blessed to be on a team with a lot of great veterans who have been around the league, um, you know, especially guys we have like CeCe Sabathia, Brett Gardner, you know, getting the acquiring Neil Walker, guys like that that have been around and understand how this game is. You know, they try to keep us younger guys loose because we got a pretty young team also. Mm-hmm. You know, we got guys like Labor and Miggy, um, Craig Bird and Tyler Austin, all these guys that I've kind of come up with. And I think the biggest thing too is, you know, the older guys let us just be ourselves and have fun. And also, I, I grew up with these guys. And the majority of these guys, yeah. room, I, I grew up with them, you know? So it's just, I still feel like we're in low wave Charleston playing together. <laughs> it's just kind of like a, a tight knit family. Who is kind of the driver of the clubhouse? Like, is there a, a guy who has the pulse of the clubhouse and as he goes, you all go? Or is it a mixed bag? Oh, it's just two guys, CC and uh, Brett Gardner. Yeah. Those, those are the two guys. This year, they've been around the longest and understand the, understand the game. And it's, they like to have fun. You know, I think that's the biggest thing is they've accomplished a lot in their careers. You know, World Series champions, all-star games. It's just, you just follow those guys because they've been around, they know it, and those are the guys. How do you see yourself playing? What's your role do you see on the team? If they're the leaders, where do you fall in? How do you, can you lead a little bit, even with some guys who are younger than you? I've never really looked at it like that. You know, I just always tried to be just a piece of the whole puzzle. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the biggest thing for me is, um, I, I try to lead by example. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to try to go out there and voice my opinion much or do, say too many things. But you know, I just want to be a, just a part of this team. You know, we got a special thing going on here. And, and for me, I've always thought you just lead by example. You know, if your if your teams are in the trenches, like you got to be in the trenches with them. Right. That's how I've always seen it. So yeah, just lead by example. It's like funny this. you say that because I talked to Glaber yesterday, and he said that's what you do, you lead by example. He says, whatever judge does, that's what I want to do. <laughs> he I'm, was to, like, I'm trying to be like labor right now, what he's doing. <laughs> oh my God, he's crazy. <laughs> um, but he was like, I see judge interacting with kids, I want to go interact with those kids. I see judge trying to, you know, talk to people and grow the game, that's what I want to do too. Is that important to you, making sure that everybody's having fun, fans included? Yeah, they're all, all everyone's a part of this game. You know, the fans are as much Yankees as, as we are Yankees, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, if all those playoff games, you felt the atmosphere, you felt how alive this, this place was, and it's just because of the fans, you know, and for me, you know, I'm, I'm not going to play this game for a long time, i got a short window, you know, so the impact, you know, the numbers, the stats you put up, you know, they'll always be there, but I feel like the impact, you know, I can have on somebody else, either to go out and play the game or else, or come to Yankee Stadium and watch a ball game, you know, any impact I can have on them, you know, positive impact, you know, I want to try to do, you know, and I feel like that's more important than the, than the numbers you put up. You were the big, flashy rookie last year. I know you didn't like it, but it's true. <laughs> and this year it's Glaber. Mm-hmm. Have you talked to him a little bit about what that 
that role is, what it's like to kind of go through that media scrutiny, because I'm sure that it's hard. And you have kind of an experience that not too many other people have that you might be able to help them with. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't talked to him much about it. You know, but he's asked me a lot of a lot of questions about certain mm -hmm. things with, you know, the game, how things kind of work, you know, handling the everyday grind of, you know, you're, you're in the spotlight now. You mm -hmm. know, people know who you are. You're not just... <laughs> You know, just let your your glaber good. Like, you're, but he, he's handled it well. You know, I really haven't had to say too much to him. You know, just because the type of person he is. Like, he's mature. He's not 21. He's mature for his age. You know, just how he handles himself. He's so poised and calm on the field. In the clubhouse, he answers the questions the right way. He's always talking about the team. Uh, it's just been amazing to see him develop over the years. Yeah. So. You said a lot that you're you're just happy to be playing the kids' game. But it's also your job, so you have to take it seriously. How do you find a balance between the two? For me, I always like all the preparation, you know. So my early work, you know, my batting time in the batting cage, you know, batting practice. That's that's serious. That's when I feel like I'm really working. Mm -hmm. you know, that's where I gotta like I gotta lock in on my approach. You know, make sure my mechanics are right. Make sure my mindset's right for this upcoming game. But then once the game comes up, it's it's a game. Like you're supposed to have fun when you play games. So once a game comes up, you know, I have the confidence and freedom because I, I already did all my work. Mm -hmm. You know, now it's time for me to let my instincts take over and just have fun, right. you know, when the game starts. So for me, just all that early work and preparation is what gives me the confidence to come out here and just have fun. Are there ever moments of tension, either in the game or before the game, where you kind of worry or, or get tensed up or, or overthink things? Oh, I'm nervous before every game, and I got butterflies in my stomach before every game. And uh, it usually goes away, you know, once that first pitch is thrown, or you know, once I step out on the field, you know, those, all those worries go away. But it's, I think every player, you could ask every player, and the build up, like even in the playoffs last year, like I was the wild card game, I couldn't sleep. I had butterflies in my stomach for for days before, even like the, all of us line up on the field, like the announcements. I, I was nervous, I was scared, you know, but it was just. I just went back to the preparation our team put in and all the hard work we did all year. Like, hey, we're ready for this moment. Now it's time to go out and enjoy it. And you see in the play when you when we're watching you guys that you are having fun. You're kind of clowning with each other. You're making it a fun time out there. How how much does that impact how well you guys play? Is there a correlation between like if it's loose, you guys are playing well, as opposed to if it's kind of heavier? You're pushing more? Yeah, the biggest thing I've always felt like coming up to the minor leagues is if you can make everybody comfortable, if you're comfortable, you play your best. Mm -hmm. you know, so that's always been the big thing is if I can make everybody around me or everybody else comfortable, then they're going to go out there and give 100%. You know? But if, you're, if they don't feel right or they just don't feel comfortable in the situation, you know, you're usually not going to give 100% or be at your best. You know? right. So the biggest thing for me is if we can keep the clubhouse loose and comfortable, everybody here in the dugout comfortable, then we're going to get the best results in the field. Yeah. Um, you, you're, uh, you're in control of the music, too. I know you always talk about to Lauren about that. <laughs> Why is it important to you to have, like, the exact perfect song to walk up to, and, and your walk-up music has to be perfect, the, the, when you run out to the field has to be perfect. What does that do to your mind? Everything I do, I'm always playing music. When I wake up in the morning, I, I play music. You know, when I'm showering, I got music playing. When I'm on, going to the field, music is playing. It's just, it's just part of my life, you know. So for me, you know, I like always like having a good walk-up song that kind of either kind of pumps me up, but also gets the crowd into it. You know, 
pre-game songs, you know, I want something that gets, you know, people fired up before we run on the field. And then even in the clubhouse, I want music that's going to kind of just get people in the right kind of mindset, kind of keep people loose. Because if you have no music in that clubhouse, it's just kind of... Well, it's It's iffy, yeah. <laughs> but when you have music playing, it's just kind of a more, it's a comfortable atmosphere. You yeah. know, so everybody can go out there and just kind of get ready and have fun. You know, I just want everybody to have fun. Like there's not enough Taylor Swift. It's just a personal opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You gotta throw some Taylor in there. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know if Cece would like that too much. <laughs> um, what were, what lessons did you learn last year that you wanted to bring into this year? It's just the biggest lesson I learned, and I have been learning over the past couple of years. It's, it's a long season. Mm-hmm. You know. If, I think that's one of the biggest things that I think Beltron kind of talked to me about was when he was here with us was there's going to come a point where like you could have your first year you could start off hot mm-hmm. and have the best first month of your career ever and all of a sudden right. you come make him to May and be the worst player in baseball but he's like at the end of the year though like your number and your stats the type of player you're going to be will always be there so don't ever get caught up in you know, the ups and downs of the season because eventually it always evens out to what type of player you are. So for me, I've always had that mindset that, okay, I may be hot this month, I may be really doing really well this month, but, you know, don't get too high, don't get too low, just enjoy it, you know, enjoy the moments. And, um, just don't ride the roller coaster, basically. I always thought about, like, I'm not going to an amusement park, you know, I'm coming to a baseball field. You know, I don't want to ride the highs and lows, just try to stay even keeled and just enjoy the moment. What were your goals going into this season? Uh, other than win the World Series. <laughs> yeah. Um, the biggest thing for me is just be consistent part of this lineup because we've talked before about how great this team is. And this, is this is something special. Like I feel like it's still early in the season, but I think after the year is over and we're going to look back on this team and what we had, it, it's something special. You know, overall from our bullpen, our starting rotation, you know, to our lineup, the guys we acquired. Like it's, we got something really special here in New York. And for me, I just want to be consistent part of that. I know I want to come to the field every day and people know that he's going to go out there and give his best. You know, he's going to make plays, try to make plays on defense for me, and he's going to come up and have a quality at bats for everybody. So for me, it's just always about just be consistent. And what's the biggest kind of running joke on the team? I know it's like pointing at the spot, right? Is that the thing that everybody's doing? What's the other, what's the other kind of jokes you guys want to you guys do it a lot. <laughs> yeah, we do have a lot of different pranks. Um, but Jordan I, Montgomery got me the other day. I was just about to say, that's, that's the biggest one we have right now. Because actually, CC got me in a game. He was pitching here at home a couple weeks ago. And I just got done making a play in the outfield, threw it in. And I was, he's on the mound, he's kind of pointing out towards the bullpen. Or kind of behind me. I'm like, I kind of turn around, looking around. And also, he turned around and started pitching again. And I was like, oh, he got me. Oh, that's amazing. He got me. So that's one we'll kind of... We'll kind of mess around with a lot. <laughs> and how much fun is it just to be on this team, to be playing this game, to be doing what you love? We're, we really can't describe it. You know, if you would have told me when I was, you know, 15 years old, like, hey, you'd be getting a chance to play with, like, CC Sabathia, you know, John Carlos Stanton. Like playing against some of your favorite, getting a chance to play against Albert Pujols. You know, like it was like last time when I was on stand on first base, I was just kind of just looking at Pujols. Like, oh, you're a guy like I idolize. Like I've watched you for years here with the Cardinals. Like, I, like just stuff like that still gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Like it's it's such a blessing to be out here and be, be a part of this team. It's, I'm 
sorry I can't really give you like a description <laughs> of it, but it's just I still feel like it's dream every day I run out there on the field. You know, I, every time before we warm up, you know, I run out the center and just kind of take a look around the stadium. Like I'm really wearing pinstripes for the New York Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Like it, it's just I, I still don't believe it. You know, I don't think I'll really believe it until maybe my career is over and then I can kind of look back and say, wow, like, that's I got a I got a chance to be a part of all that. You know, so it's. I don't know really how to. Is describe. it surreal because you talk about you? Pujols is a guy that you played with, maybe had one of his jerseys, maybe went to see him play. Now, kids are in the stands. Oh, yeah, they got your jersey. They're watching you play, and maybe they'll grow up to be a baseball player. What is that feeling like? Is it? it I don't know how I would even compartmentalize it in my mind. I can't really describe it. You know, it's just in my in my wildest dreams. You know, I I, I never thought any of this would ever happen. You know, I always dreamed about it. You know, I always dreamed about you know getting a chance to play major league baseball and be on a team. But I never thought it'd be it'd be like this. You know, you can never really write it up. It's, and to see kids, you know, like wearing 99 or kids telling me, hey, I'm wearing 99 on my little travel ball team and stuff like that. Like, it's just. That's just amazing. That just shows me like the type of impact I can have, you know. And that's a reminder to me that hey, you may think no one's watching, but someone's always watching. You know, even you know, the days you're 0 for 4, you know, how you react coming in the dugout, am I throwing my stuff? And when I'm out in the field, like how am I? Just respect for the game. You know, someone's always watching. So just having that little reminder when I see kids running around the 99, that hey, like you may think no one's watching, but you know, that little kid right there might be watching, or that little kid might be coming to his first Yankee game, you know, and seeing you for the first time, like. You gotta put on a show for him. You gotta do something the right way. So it's just, it's kind of just like a reminder for me that hey, someone's always watching. Just, just do the right thing. That's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Aaron for sitting down and chatting with me. And be sure to check out the story in the July issue of Yankees Magazine, which comes out next week. So Aaron is on the cover. There's amazing content inside, which we will talk about on the next couple episodes of the podcast. And uh, definitely get in touch with us. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Rate, review us. Get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Yanks Magazine. Send us an email, podcast at yankees.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.